This is County Fire Insight for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, We've got a pretty good lineup, I think. Uh, We're going to be talking about engineer promotions, the first two program that uh, Battalion Chief Mike McClintock's been working on so hard, you might have heard of it. Vast Division Chief Jim Topoleski to be here to give you an update on the Wildland Division, how they're preparing for the season coming up, some of their activities, staffing, our recruitments, uh, the tower update, some of the station updates are going to be provided. And then I'll spend a few minutes talking about the Wrightwood CSD. And thank you for all your community involvement as we're going into FP5. So the first person I'd like to come out and join me is, is Mark Murphy. And Mark, uh, drove all the way to, to be with us from the Half Rack Ranch, as his uh, shirt says. Hi. Mark, thank you. Uh, Mark's going to be retiring, and uh, we've had Andy Myers just retired, a few others, and every one of them means something to me. Uh, with Mark, though, I wanted him to come here and publicly thank you for everything you've done to bring honor to this fire department. What I mean is the Honor Guard. 20 years, you're one of the founding members uh, along with Jay Hausman, Steve Lasseter, and who, who else was involved with you? So the original founding members, uh, well, can I back up and get a little history? Sure. Um, back in uh, 2001, uh, Chief Hills, retired Chief Hills and Brett Henry um, traveled to New York post September 11th. Um, and the two of them had a conversation about developing an honor guard because we didn't have one. Um, it was born then. Brett handpicked his group, uh, which included uh, myself, like you said, Jay Hausman, Steve Lasseter, Bob Campbell, uh, and he and Jim Pearson were the co-commanders um, of the detail. And over the years, obviously, those numbers have dwindled, um, and then gr- of the original group, and then we've we've uh, grown up to as much as 18, and now we're back down to about 15 or so guys, um, all hand selected. Um, through the group, through the Honor Guard, who, who um, choose candidates by watching them for a year, making sure that they're high and tight, they maintain their professionalism, and that they're a poster child for the department. That's the best way to describe it. Every time I've ever seen you at an event or in a picture, you're the poster child. And so seven, seven years ago, Steve Lasseter retired, and you resumed the commander role. Correct. How's that been? Uh, good. Um, some trials and tribulations. Um, we've gotten to do some really cool stuff with some very awesome people. Um, some of the memorable things that we've gotten to do over the years, and I got to recreate it here a couple of years ago. When we first developed the detail, we went back to Arlington National Cemetery because we were going to Emmitsburg to the National Firefighters Memorial. And we were the first fire department in the country to lay a, to- a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns. Um, here about three years ago, we, uh, we recreated that same scenario. We went back, we laid a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns. Additionally, we went and did some work with uh, the folks at 8th and I for the Marine Corps Honor Guard. Um, and we got to meet some folks at uh, Arlington that were very cool. Um, got to work with some great Honor Guards throughout the uh, country. One of the best is Riverside City's Honor Guard. Uh, their leader just recently retired as well, TJ. Um, but yeah, we've gotten to work with some very cool people, do some very cool things. Those are a couple of super high points. We've gotten to do all kinds of details, not only for the fire chief, but for other departments. We recently did Barstow's, um, or helped Barstow do their um, first line of duty death uh, services. And, uh, but we've, we've been able to do some very, very uh, cool stuff. You know, I'll tell you, Chief Denap, it was just, if you know Nick, you'll know the statements right. He's out of his mind happy of the support that County Fire brought, specifically 
what the honor guard did, what our, what our critical incident stress debriefing team did, our peer support. That kind of honor, you, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't escape me that you work directly for the fire chief's office. You always have as the honor guard. The amount of um, great public interaction, interaction with the other departments, you bring a lot of pride, and you can't put a price on that. You really can't. Uh, Mark, I want to thank you for the last 20 years, uh, and the last seven years, uh, the last two years that I've been fire chief. The amount of times you've reached out to me, and, and whether it's education on the correct protocol or just making sure that I was aware of, of what the honor guard should be doing. You've always been a great advocate for this fire department. You've always been there for us. And you're leaving behind a really strong team of 15 individuals. Who's gonna be taking your place? Uh, Jay Hausman is gonna be taking my place. He's one of the, he is the remaining uh, original member uh, of the detail. Um, Carlos Canizales is the next senior member of the detail. Um, but you know, we, we do try to stand by, when I talk about, I can take a moment if I can talk about our guys and our selection. If you're a person that stands by your oath, that's the kind of people we want. But if you choose to go elsewhere, not really intended for the honor guard. That's clear enough, and thank you so much for that. Uh, with our department now, you've been here 23 years, 23 and a half years. What's the next step for you? Um, my wife and I have 15 acres in the mountains outside of Flagstaff. Um, finishing uh, the main house uh, next to the bunkhouse and uh, go on from there. I can't wait to go visit you guys, Mark, again. I want to thank you for the last two years. Thanks, sir. Being here for me, the last seven years as our Honor Guard commander, the last 20 years being on the Honor Guard, 23 and a half years with this fire department. You're welcome. Done a lot for us. We're going to miss you a lot. We'll see you later. Take care. So, um, stay till the end because I got something for you oh. before you leave. All right, next we're going to be talking to Mike McClintock, and I asked Mike to come in and talk about our first due program, uh, making sure that we're giving you the situational awareness that you need for your jobs, highest priority, making sure our firefighters are safe, and I believe that this program that you've been working on is going to really meet those, those uh, needs. Would you go ahead and speak on that for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chief. Uh, I've been working for the last six months to a year on a uh, integration with First Do, which is a third-party company that Confire's bought in. The benefit of uh, all of Confire, so all dispatching agencies have bought in, um, Confire's bought in, which impacts all agencies, including County Fire Department. The benefit of that is that the entire Confire base is on the same program. So the basics of the First Do program, it has a couple things. Um, for the end user on the firefighter side, is you're going to be able to see pre-plans within tablet command. And I think this is going to be a really uh, huge benefit for us to responding to calls. We can quickly access important information. And then also there's another portion called Community Connect, which allows for our community to put in their own information on their property or their business, whether it's uh, access information, uh, pertinent contacts, uh, who lives at the occupancy. And that portion is going to be really important moving forward for us to get out into community. And uh, Tracy Martinez and some of our uh, chief officers are going to be pushing that out here in the spring. Uh, the other part is that we're able to build pre-plans uh, from the tablet, uh, from your phone, from your tablet, from the department computer, and we're able to uh, see that on tablet command. I think a portion that we've kind of been missing the last couple years is that we don't have the ability to quickly find a pre-plan if you're going to an apartment complex. And I'll use the situation here in San Bernardino. If you go to the Creekside Apartments, it's about a two-minute response time. The odds of you finding um, apartment 210 and is going to be impossible in that two minutes. So 
you know, th this, this is really going to allow us to customize those pre-plans and quickly see them. So the pre-plan information pulls from different uh, information uh, platforms. Uh, first and foremost, the tablet command and the first two company pulls information from the county assessor. Uh, occupancy when it was built, how big it is, what kind of occupancy it is. And so that's pulling live from the uh, county assessor. Next part is actually we integrated with our OFM and thanks to our OFM staff for helping us out, it pulls from the SERS data. So for those that don't know what SERS is, it's a California database for all hazardous materials occupancies and it's able to pull right from the SERS database into tablet command and it has 50, more than 58,000 chemicals. So anytime you go to uh, occupancy as chemicals, you're able to quickly pull that pre-plan up. So I'll use this for example, if we're going to do a fire at a warehouse, we'll be able to see right through first due uh, what chemicals they have there and what they stored it. And that'll be, we won't have to do separate logins. We won't have to find that. We won't have to call OFM. It can be right through tablet command. So it's gonna be a huge thing for our first due company officers and chief officers. The other part too is that we've, they're working on uploading more than 700 historical pre-plans. So uh, we you know, went through all the fire engines, all the uh, map books, everything, and, and we found every pre-plan that we could find. And that's more than 700 countywide, and we sent them over to first due. So they have to go one by one and physically make these pre-plans. And I can tell you that's no small uh, undertaking, and that's what they're doing now. So where are we at right now is that they're doing that and they should be done here in the next month or so. If you're seeing uh, the hot button or the layer on tablet command, you're starting to see those populate. Uh, City of Loma Linda has a bunch that are getting uh, built. It's gonna be awesome because if we're going to Loma Linda or Redlands or Ontario, wherever that has first due, we'll be able to see their pre-plans. So what's next? You're gonna see email from me later today that's gonna kinda go over some of this stuff. It's gonna have pertinent screenshots, um, kind of where we're going and a synopsis of what's going on today. And also you're going to be seeing a login information. You're going to get two different logins. Each iPad on each rig is going to get a login and so that that's a reader only version. And then also you're going to have a login personally so that you can go in and build pre-plans. Okay, so how will we use it integrated for the first responder, for the captain or the paramedic squad, ambulance or chief officer? There's two different ways. You have a layer on tablet command and that's going to be under BDC first due, and that's going to allow you to see the layer that's going to have the pre-plan icons right on it. The second part is the hot button. That's going to pull all that data from SERS, the assessor's office, and that's going to give you a more like in-depth look at what's going on with the occupancy. So it's going to be something I think that's going to be great for the end user. And we're working through some tech, I guess, tech issues on that's way above my head on the tech side, but. Um, I'm hoping to have that live and really starting to be use it here in the next couple months. So that's a pretty in-depth snapshot of what's going on, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with First Do. They've been very helpful, and I think the end-user side is going to be wonderful. Thanks for what you're doing, Mike. And you look so natural in front of a camera, almost like you're a PIO. Yes. You need to have a fire yes. burning behind you and a white helmet. But I'm going to fix your color brass real quick. So. Well, I don't wear my shirt very often, to be completely honest with you. In the South Desert? Better be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah here's somebody cold. lives up there, you know. Yes. Yeah, thank yes. you for what you do. Awesome. Thanks hey, for having me. You know, one of the things I really like is the fact that every CONFIRE agency is going to be able to share pre-plans. You mentioned Loma Linda and all the other resources. So as their resources are coming in, as we're going out, we're all going to have that common plan to work for. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think, you know, with, with some of the border drop, border drop things is we're going to apartments or buildings that 
on the regular and we don't know where apartment 210 is on Redlands Boulevard, but we're, we're going to be able to quickly see that. And I think it's going to be great for our first and company officers. And then our first and company officers, when they're, when they're out and about, if, if you're out and you see something that's changed in our pre-plan, you're automatically going to be able to make that adjustment. Does that need to go through you or is that something you can do on the fly? Yeah, absolutely. So besides the, you know, the first responding going to the call, there's also an app on the tablet and that's going to allow you on the fly to amend things as you find them or fix things or add to any existing pre-plan. So it's going to be, I think, um, a team effort that, you know, in the next year or so, I think we're going to have everything pre-scored away. Good. Um, and then finally, we talk about Mrs. Smith and serving her. This is going to be able to give the community through that community connect to input information about their own households um, and businesses, right, into the system. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of things are they going to be able to put in? Yeah, so it's going to be great. The, the true community tech portion is going to go through the PIO shop and also our basically through MAC meeting city councils. And Mrs. Smith that lives at 1234 Main Street can put in a, a key box is located on the back porch. The um, code is 542. It's going to allow to see if there's any specifics to uh, access, whether uh, who lives there, and really any dynamics. And that's going to kind of put, put it out to the sys and do it. So in between that and our existing premise histories through Confire, I think it's going to be a pretty nice platform to help out. Help out. Mike, thank you so much awesome. for your leadership in the South Desert Thanks. for always looking good for us and yeah. for uh, this program, which you've been working on for six months. There's a lot of work here, and it's finally come to fruition, and it's going to uh, keep County Fire cutting edge, especially when it comes to pre-plans, which is something we've known we could do better for a number of Absolutely. years. Getting rid of those, those uh, folders that exist sometimes oh, yeah. on the engines totally. nowadays. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mike. Uh, the next person I'm going to ask is uh, Jim Topoleski. Talk a little about the wildland section, the wildland and aviation. Uh, which is starting to include drones. I'll let you talk about that. Jim, you haven't been on camera with me before, so why don't you introduce yourself? You're pretty new to the fire industry, I understand, a couple of years? Just a couple. So Jim Topoleski, uh, Division Chief overseeing uh, the Air and Wildland Division, um, Division 13. Uh, about 40 years in the fire service uh, as a whole, so I am pretty new at it. Actually new to county fire, but uh, really happy to be here. It's uh, quite a refreshing change of pace. So um, that's really who I am. Most importantly, if you have any questions or uh, want to reach out to me, feel free. We're, we're up at the camp and we always got a lot of stuff going on, but we're never uh, too busy to not um, catch you up on things that we're doing or how we can help. So uh, Chief, would you like me to talk on Intera? Um, let's, yeah, let's wait a minute on Terra, but let's talk a little bit about the drones. What are we doing with drones? Why is that coming under the aviation div division? Where do you kind of see all this going? So we just, all the AC ops meeting we just had um, where we discussed uh, the use of unmanned aerial systems and um, began looking at where would it naturally fit. And so instead of having division two or division one doing their own thing, uh, we needed to have a common operating platform um, as far as accountability of, of all the aircraft. So uh, division 13 is going to be inheriting that and taking it over. And kind of the vision is, is that division 13 will oversee it for the department, but each division will um, kind of operate autonomously, but under the accountability of division 13. Um, the use of unmanned aerial systems is, um, 
we've seen it all over uh, the various cable news networks, especially from the military side, but it, from the wildland side or even just situational awareness um, for our office of the fire marshal, hazmat, all the way into USAR, the ability to put those platforms up and to get greater situational awareness um, is, is unbelievably remarkable that we're coming into incidents completely with our eyes wide open as to them sometimes being half shut or only being able to see one dimensional. So we've worked a lot with line of sight drones in County Fire. Christian Cavada has done just an outstanding job and, and the various members of our fire department. Now we have Jeff Alexi that's working over at the UAS Center on the San Bernardino International Airport and many of us may not be familiar with what that is. So County Fire is loosely part of, uh, of supporting the UAS Center at San Bernardino where they're taking the conversation of line of sight drones and they're blowing it up. So what does it mean to be beyond, uh, beyond the visual line of sight? What does it mean as, uh, as you're starting to use the full GIS mapping capabilities of some of the aircraft? As an example, I asked Engineer Alexi to go up into uh, Potato Canyon before we had floods and map that area. So he was able to 3D map where the structures were, uh, where the ground was, and then after the floods, I asked him to go back and he provided a mapping after the floods. We were able to see where the dirt and the flood and the, sh and the, the debris flow had gone. Now, we didn't lose any lives. The crews did a great job getting in there before the event and during the event to minimize the damage on the structures. But what Jeff Alexi gave us is the ability to compare the two images side by side and just simply take a slider on a computer and see where that debris flow was going. In the wildland division, uh, we're starting to see ignition drones. You want to describe that a little bit? So we're working right now with a, a third party. They're in a proof of concept. It's known as the RAIN program, and it's tied in with Edison and the Alert Wildfire uh, camera system. Edison is looking at updating their cameras to IR capacity so that when those cameras sense an IR heat signature, um, and detected as a wildland fire, the proof of concept program through RAIN will be to automatically or autonomously launch an unmanned aerial system with um, fire suppression capacity and it'll respond automatically to the incident and begin applying suppression um, uh, efforts on the fire to try to contain it um, sooner than when the firefighting resources, you know, we have to contend with traffic. It lifts, stays under 400 feet and can get right to the incident. So that's one of the concepts that we're looking at. Uh, additional concepts that we're looking at is being able to do firing operations with unmanned aerial systems. So uh, we're in the exploratory phase right now. We're getting some pilots trained up. Um, a lot to be considered and a lot of moving parts within uh, the UAS side right now. So we have a line of sight, we have operator controlled drones, and then we have semi-autonomous, which drones that could do the bulk of their activity with some human intervention. And we have autonomous drones like RAIN that is tying into existing systems and are able to do its job without human intervention. Um, besides that, we're looking at, in the future, at fixed wing aircraft, and what are the missions that county fire needs every single day. An example that I think about is being able to fly at 40,000 feet over the Cone Pass to be able to give us the intel we need for responding crews. There's a fire. Well, there's a car crash. Is it a, is it a car crash with fire that started a fire? How big is that fire? Is it threatening any houses? We'll be able to get that intel immediately into our common operating pictures like Tablet Command, into our dispatch center, so Bill Mahan can now start modifying responses. But it's an incredible world of what you're leading now, and it just made a lot of sense to bring the drone section under 
the, the, the wildland and aviation division. So if you have an interest in that, please reach out to Kristen or Jeff or uh, any other contacts? Uh, any one of the division chiefs. And uh, we're going to be putting together a meeting here shortly and identifying the parameters of the vision of where we want this to go. Excellent. Well, thank you for your leadership. Your crews have also been doing a lot of community risk reduction. Anything on that and your current projects? So our current project right now, um, the one that the crews are deeply embedded in, is behind Fire Station 226. They're doing a project um, for county floods. Once we get that wrapped up, that's going to time perfectly into switching back to the wildland fire season schedule, um, and that'll take place uh, roughly the middle of April, I think April 15th, and then we'll be bringing on the new FSA-1. So uh, lots of training, lots of hiring going on at the camp, getting ready for fire season or the year-long fire season. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your leadership. Appreciate you. that. Next, we're going to ask uh, Chief Washington to come up. He's going to talk about staffing, lateral firefighter recruitment, Tower 14 updates, station updates, and all that other work that we keep shoveling onto his plate. Chief? Thank you, Chief. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, so yes, I want to give you an update on our staffing. Uh, as all the fire, you know, firefighters know that the engineer rank is one in which, uh, you know, we're really looking to fill the rank there as best we can. So con congratulations to the 20 individuals that uh, are moving on to selections. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, that on March 15th and March 16th. So that's going to go for our engineers. Uh, best wishes to all of you. Uh, also, with staffing, I want to talk a little bit about Tower 14. Uh, so, excellent job Cadre's doing there. Uh, thanks a lot to uh, Chief Anderson, who's uh, there on an interim basis, and uh, really just working closely with our tower to ensure that they have all the support that they can possibly need uh, to uh, provide all the training that they need to do. So, uh, there's 43 uh, People still in the tower now, which is excellent, and I understand that they're doing a great, you know, great job. They're getting better and better every uh, day, and they really just had a major kind of skills assessment there where they went through a variety of drills. So excellent work being done there for our Tower 14. Uh, we also met recently, uh, HR and Chief Hubble and I, uh, to have some discussions about Tower uh, 15. And what we're looking there is uh, we have uh, 40 individuals that are in backgrounds now, and uh, we're implementing a plan as well to have another re re recruitment going uh, so that we can add to that tower to ensure that we have 50. Uh, so that's going very uh, well. The planning is, is well underway, uh, and thanks to everybody that's involved there, especially our background investigators uh, that are doing a great job uh, in assuring we have the best people we possibly can. Uh, in addition to Tower 15, uh, we have some discussions uh, and planning going for Tower 16. Uh, that is coordinated and planned to uh, start mid-January, probably January 16th. Uh, so Tower 16, January 16th, is the target date there. Uh, so that's moving along and we anticipate having 50 in that group also. Uh, we also had a meeting to discuss the lateral firefighter paramedics. And so we do have uh, a, 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 a good group of individuals who applied there. Uh, we have a meeting with HR coming up real soon to talk about um, the qualifications of those individuals. And so we really just need to narrow down and, and, and really make sure that we have what we're expecting as far as the minimum uh, requirements that require metro or urban uh, fire agency experience. So that's what's going on with our laterals. 
Uh, let's see, make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, so that's pretty much the recruitments that we're really focused on right, right uh, now. Uh, with the facilities, uh, again, 226 is, is really getting some great mo mo uh, momentum of real estate services and project management and facilities department has been doing very well with the support. Uh, 226, the design is now final and they are moving that along to the construction documents phase. And so that's a really big step that needs to happen so that uh, con construction companies can start bidding on that development. Uh, and also what it's going to allow us to do is to identify the specific uh, parts of the parcel that we need and uh, then we can apply uh, the cost for what that parcel is going to be. And so it has to be fair market value. We're purchasing it from another county agency. Uh, so the price is, it, it can't get any fairer really. It is what it is. And, uh, and we will play that, pay that fair market value for that property. Uh, so that's what's going on with 226. Uh, 227, uh, we've been in a lot of discussions with uh, uh, city attorneys, county council, and, um, and so we're really kind of moving to plan B, which is investing some time and resources into uh, hiring someone to find out if there's an heir uh, to the property that we really want. And that heir could potentially tell us if um, they would agree to uh, taking away the park designation for the parcel that we really want. So we're still working toward that uh, ultimate goal, but at the same time, we are working down the path of rebuilding on site. And so, uh, and, and both of those processes take a while, so we're gonna uh, walk down both paths and just so we can be as close to, you know, so that we can expedite as much as possibly, as much as we possibly can. So that's what's going on with 227. And then there is Rosina Ranch. And uh, so there was an assessment done, a, a very detailed assessment to come back and tell us if the parcel that's been identified, if it's, you know, very, if, if it's reasonable for us to build on that site. And so that report is in. Uh, we have a meeting set up with real estate services so that they can unveil that report to the fire chief and I. Uh, also station 41, uh, we got some great news back from uh, the local government system there, and we learned that uh, you know they're going to give us an easement for uh, an alleyway so that we can really join three parcels together to really build what we want to build uh, in in that area. So that's really looking good there for 41. And there's one other station I want to talk about, which is 96. Uh, kind of, you know, a long-term plan. We have to work with the federal government there, a lot of process, uh, but our goal was to get on the federal government's agenda to see if we could, in fact, lease the parcel that we want in Font in, uh, Fonskin. And so we have uh, a very good, um, you know, a high level of confidence that we will be on that agenda, which is later this month. And, uh, and we anticipate if we're on the agenda, uh, that hopefully it will get approved and then we can move forward in that process. Uh, so that is uh, the latest on all of the facilities. And Chief, I think that, that is it. Now we'll see if there's any questions at the end, Chief, but okay. thank you, appreciate it. I'm gonna ask Wen Mai to come up 
And when is our new CFO? So the first question I'm going to give you is, what is a CFO? County Fire's never had this position before. Um, so what is a CFO? And then if you tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, CFO is the chief financial. Oh, sorry. Uh, CFO is the chief financial officer. Uh, my name is uh, Wen Mai. I came from the county administrative office. I supported the um, department by overseeing the financial administrative duties of multiple departments. Um, I have land use, public works, human resources, uh, economic development, workforce development, to name a few. Um, my most recent role was um, the central coordinator for fees and also central coordinator for um, CIPs, capital improvement projects. Um, I'm excited to be here and I'm glad to be a part of um, County Fire. Um, so Corey Nelson's talked a little bit about where you envision County Fire going and, and, and from a CFO's perspective, a little bit about dashboards and some better reporting. Do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we have a little, um, I, I spoke to Corey for a, a brief moment. I'm still doing double duties right now. Um, we do have a high level overview where we want to, you know, structure the department where the, fi uh, the finance division where we can support all the different um, stations. Um, so far, um, it's more high level. Um, that's, you know, pretty much what we talked about so far. Yeah. So you're stepping into one of the more complicated CFO roles in the county. Uh, besides maybe the county CFO, Matt Erickson. We have a very robust department that's doing a lot of different things, a lot of different budgets coming together. Uh, we often get questions from the CEO or the CAO or the Board of Supervisors that are very difficult for us to answer because we've never really had structure put in. And so now we're going to have the ability to have you come in on a very high level. And when you say you're doing double duty, what Wen means is he's still working at the CAO's office, finalizing some projects that he had over there and he's starting to learn here, but that high-level organizational overview so that when we ask a question on, on our reserves and as we look at the five-year forecasts and improve suppression staffing, which is definitely one of our highest priorities, can we afford it? How can we afford it? How can we move some of the money around to support uh, increasing the staffing in those areas where we know we need to increase staffing? There's some really serious work that you got in front of you and we couldn't be any more excited for you to join us. You were very highly recommended before the interview that uh, I just so well thought of by Katrina Turturro that was here for a long time, by Matt Erickson, by Leonard Hernandez, the CEO. Everywhere you go, people seem to be your fans, so we're glad to have you over here in supporting County Fire. Thank right. you very much. Thank you. I'm I appreciate it. Uh, like many of you, I had the opportunity to watch the Wrightwood CSD meeting a couple of weeks back, and I want to thank Chief Corbin I want to thank the crews up there. I want to thank 935 and all of you who've been doing exceptional work in, in the Wrightwood area, not, not just over the last few months when the CSD was looking at fire services, but the entirety of the time that County Fire's been there. We have truly been proud to serve Wrightwood. You guys do a fantastic job. And I want to thank you, Chief Corbin, and, and, and those of you that work so hard in Wrightwood and around Wrightwood for all your efforts. That meeting was tremendous. If you haven't seen it, I recommend that you go to the CSD website and you look at the report for fire services, the study they did. It's very telling. It's very accurate on how county fire works in our service zones and why Wrightwood was getting such a great deal with county fire. Um, besides that story on the report that they wrote, there's the other story that you've put out on social media that you do every single day in the interactions with the public to highlight the great things at county fire does. So thank you very much for that. 
We talked a little about technology innovation. Uh, we talked about RAIN, which is the autonomous drone that's going to uh, launch using alert wildfire system. So a little bit more about that trial study. It is a trial study on Little Mountain. We're going to have the RAIN drone come in, and it, it looks like a miniature helicopter. It's quite capable. It's a heavy lift helicopter. Uh, it is a piston turbine, um, so it's using you know, aviation fuel for its mission. And the Alert Wildfire Organization has come and joined in this trial study along with County Fire. This was funded by a third party grant to pay for all this. So County Fire's part in this is that we are going to the prescription burn. The Alert Wildfire camera's part on this is they're going to beta test the IR cameras and the software that's required to do the fire identification. Uh, the software that's coming out for these types of systems will be able to tell the size of the fire, how quick is it growing, is it spotting, which way is it going, and then that information is then fed to the drone that's going to literally lift off on its own, go to the head of the fire, and there's going to be two or three different studies. The first study is going to just do a drop on the fire to cool it and then return. The next trial is going to be lifting off and doing a trail drop in front of the fire. It's got to determine the fire direction and it's got to determine where to put the retardant down and then return. The third trial will be the drone lifting off, going and dropping on the fire, returning, reloading with retardant, and going back and dropping again. So again, this is a pilot study. It's completely funded by a third party, but it allows County Fire to be involved in the future of drones. And uh, again, I want to thank Chief Topoleski um, for being involved in that. i talk a little bit about Interra in just a second, but I have somebody else I wanted to introduce to you, and that's uh, Kurt Fair. Kurt, you want to come up? Kurt is joining us as a budget officer, which means this week, what have you been doing? I've been working on budget this entire week. Uh, so <clears throat> no pun intended, I got thrown into the fire uh, and uh, it's budget season here in the county. So I'm ready to do my job. So during budget week, I don't think most of the organization knows exactly what happens, but uh, you guys come in very early and you're almost sequestered into a room. Yes. Uh, there's food everywhere but there's also computer monitors and we get the whole team together and you literally are meeting with the different divisions, you're meeting with the staff analysts, you're doing a lot of inputs, but you're really learning how County Fire's budget's working right now. Yes, Any other, is this different from how other departments have done this? Um, yes, I would say so, uh, because I believe uh, with Fire, it's been more of a decentralized um, sort of setup. So uh, it's, it's been a learning experience in that regard in which we have analysts that, that are out in the different regions who are handling their own budgets and then it's flowing up to us. So as I'm kind of learning the, the ropes, it's one of those things that I kind of have to adapt, but uh, I'm ready for the challenge. Good. And it's important that you're here to join our team. Your position has been open for a little while and Latina and Charlie have just done a massive job with what they've been doing with budget uh, budgets and to have you join the team and come in and you're very well thought of and hitting the ground running like you did. Uh, thank you. You, you were dropped in the fire. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Any other perspective on your new job? Um, like I said, I'm just ready for the challenge and whatever uh, you know gets presented to me and uh, I'm just glad to be here and ready to contribute in any way I can and hopefully I get to interact with you uh, directly or indirectly in some capacity and make sure that you guys are able to continue to, to do your job, at least from a finance perspective. Thanks, Kurt, appreciate you. Appreciate it, sir. Now, the reason why we want to staff the budget is we want to make sure that we're providing the best support to you as firefighters and administrative professionals, uh, vehicle services in the fire marshal's office. And if we don't have enough staff there, sometimes it causes some problems that um, are issues that we need to fix down the line. 
And so Kurt coming in and joining the team and making sure that our budgets are strong and that we're able to communicate clearly what our needs are to the Board of Supervisors is an extremely important part of this organization. The other person that we brought on the team, as you're, as you're well aware, um, is um, Vision Chief. How come I'm blanking right now? What's that? I can't hear you. Ryan, Ryan Webb. Funny what a camera does to you, but uh, Division Chief Webb stepped right in and he's immediately started working on uh, with payroll and with human resources to streamline the systems that were in place. We're looking at to make sure that you're paid on time, that you're paid correctly, that there's no mistakes in the payroll process. It's a big job because it's not just the County of San Bernardino that is working on this. It's all the other departments in San Bernardino County, uh, including EMACS, which is, is a different organization from County Fire. And so making sure that we're streamlined and we're working closely together is really important. And Ryan's hit the ground. He's doing a great job there. And we're starting to see that he's making a difference. And I think there's some real wins that are going to be coming. Ryan, I'm sorry for forgetting your name for a second. Uh, Tower, let's see. Uh, moving on to Intera dashboard, I wanted to ask Division Chief Topoleski to join me again to talk a little bit about Intera. What is it? You've heard about it for a couple of, of years. Um, we use Tablet Command on the day-to-day -day basis, but Intera is uh, very similar. It's a common operating platform, but it's also an analytics tool. And uh, Jim, or Chief Topoleski, has been given this job to look at Intera and how do we streamline Intera and then bring it into County Fire a little bit more so it's a usable tool for our suppression and our wildland needs. Chief? So Intera is a data visualization software application. Um, I know f what does that actually mean in, in practical terms. Um, one of the greatest obstacles that, I used, that I've tried to overcome over the years is being able to read a map, drive, talk on the phone, and talk on radios when I'm going to a fire. So Intera kind of streamlines that as uh, Chief McClintock was talking about first do is it's providing visualization to the first um, in companies of what a fire is do potentially going to be doing based on the occupancy of that building. Well, Intera is similar in that as we're responding to incidents, the first arriving unit or first do units can begin looking at wildland fire pre-plans. Um, in the mountain communities is where we're focusing uh, at first and where we're going to take the um, CWPPs and the mass that's being updated and that'll be integrated into the Intera process, which is all available to you via tablet command. So one of the greatest things um, for me as it, responding to fires is to see the, the framework and how the fire is being set up. That going in and if somebody says you're going to division um, Z and you're hoping that you know where they're talking about. So through the use of Intera, we'll be able to see live dynamic mapping um, of where those divisions have been set up. And it's a very simple process where you, you just use your finger and draw uh, the lines of where you think the fire is, where you think the fire is going, and you can break out the, uh, the, the order of the fire in that manner. Another powerful aspect of it is uh, live incident mapping. Um, if you're familiar with Avenza and the FTP sites, bringing maps in from a um, established incident or a fire that's going on, it takes a lot to sometimes get all that to talk together and bring it to, and where you're able to watch it. And Terra will be able to host that platform um, directly from the incident through the federal sites. And so you, while you're on the incident, you'll be able to see not only where you're at, geo-reference, but where you're at in relationship to the fire. 
along with that is AVL data. For the agencies that subscribe to the AVL systems outside of the CONFIRE system, you'll be able to see where those resources are on that fire. Additionally, where we're really going with um, uh, Intera is in the community pre-planning um, that in the community risk reduction. We're going to Boise in the coming weeks to learn more about it. They're going to be um, rolling out through the California or through the Western Fire Chiefs Association a new platform in which we're going to be able to exploit that and carry it across to our office um, of the fire marshal. So that's kind of Intera in a nutshell, lots of really powerful visual tools that we'll be able to um, look at, IR cameras, um, virus ships, all sorts of satellite imagery that'll come in and you'll be able to see it um, in real time. Chief, anything else I can exploit on that? Or a little bit, that? maybe a little bit more on virus and that's been on WhatsApp, but now we're gonna be able to use Intera. We've always actually been able to use Intera for that, but what is what is virus? Well, if, now that the acronym is gonna slip my mind, um, essentially what virus does is that it takes a infrared image of the fire in real time and they're able to do um, fire projections with it on an hourly basis. So um, the ship just was recently up over the Jim fire on the Cleveland National Forest where you got those, that real-time um, information fed back to us along with spread potential. So it'll help us in the planning phase, um, pulling up to a fire, seeing what that aircraft is able to provide us and where that fire is going. So we'll be able to pre-order resources in advance. So Orange County Fire Authority has been working with Cal OES in the fires program. Uh, Cal OES has purchased two Beechcraft uh, Bonanzas, I believe, that they use. They, they put these IR cameras on. And so the aircraft that you're mentioning literally is, is launched from Orange County and it's launched on pretty much fires that have potential in Southern California. So there's been a couple of fires that you've been on that virus flew and provided real-time data back to Ontario. You just didn't know about it. The situational awareness of this program is amazing because now as, as an engine captain, I'm going to be able to see exactly where I'm at. Where's the fire in relationship to me? I'm not gonna have to guess, ah, it looks like it's two ridges over, it may be down in that valley. It's gonna be tremendous as we're working with the Sheriff's Department on evacuations, be able to be able to route the, uh, our folks, our, our citizens, our residents the correct way um, out of the mountains or into our, our, out of our wee areas. So the intelligence is amazing. And then the fire spread potential will immediately allow us to order more resources differently, communicate to Cal OES on how big is this fire going to be, what are our needs going to be, and all that stuff funneling back into South Ops. So it's a great program. This is going to give you better access to the program. It is available on WhatsApp right now. And if you contact your battalion chief, they can help you set that up on your phone uh, or on, even on your department um, device. Now, what I mean on WhatsApp, it's literally on WhatsApp, and it's a channel. And every fire in Southern California, every wildland fire immediately shows up on in that WhatsApp, WhatsApp fires, and it will show you where the fire is. Now, they, they use the first alert, excuse uh, the alert wildfire system to determine where the fire is until the aircraft can fly it. And then it will immediately tell you the spread potential so that you'll start being able to base your actions on what's predicted. So pretty cool program. The other piece that you're not working on within Terra is the analytics side. And so right now we have access to First Watch. First Watch allowed us to get into the CAD and grab raw data out and look at anything from response times to arriving on scene, uh, how long does it take us to assemble an effective response force and ERF. Now we're able to use uh, Intera to do all of that for us and then quickly be able to aggregate it all the way down to the company 
level to the shift level to the station level. So it's a great tool that you're going to be able to use in the field if you want to look at data and compare uh, the different parts of County Fire. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you for leading the wildland side of this and everything you're doing for us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chief. IFP5. The County of San Bernardino and the Fire Protection District has challenged Red Brennan in court. We're giving our documents to the court. We're going to have a court date on March 29th. Our argument is that if Red Brennan, this, those folks that were gathering the signatures, that they had told those people that are signing the, the signatures that they needed to repeal FP5, they were told them exactly what they were signing, the ramifications to the district, and giving them the full context of the law uh, or the code and uh, the fact that it could cost this fire district up to $42.5 million, that they may not have gotten as many signatures as they did. This is called a substantive argument. So we have filed our paperwork. I'll give you more information as this moves forward, but it looks like March 29th is going to be our day in court in regards to this. More importantly, um, let's focus on what can we do, every single one of us as employees. Remember that we can't advocate for or against the repeal. Meaning, we can't, I can't go to the citizens and say, do not vote to repeal this. I can only provide that education. So we've gone out to a couple of our cities, to our community groups, and uh, matter of fact, tonight we'll be going to the Inland Valley Democratic Club and we'll be doing a presentation on the fire district and how we're funded. We'll talk about FP5 and how that supports the fire district, where the money goes. And if there was a repeal, these are the, the possible outcomes of the repeal. So we're going to provide that education. You as our employees, again, please don't advocate for or against, but, but be able to answer questions on FP5. What is it? How does it affect you? You can go to our website. Tracy Martinez and her team's done a great job bringing together different infographics and different information on, uh, on FP5. Please direct citizens to the website or be able to answer questions off the website. The second thing you can do is be involved in the community. When you see uh, folks when you're driving down the road, make sure you're waving to them. Make sure every interaction we have is positive. Recently, I had a question posed, posed to me by one of the Board of Supervisors, and they said, hey, Chief, how many interactions does the public have with the fire department on a yearly basis? And my first answer was, well, a lot, because they're going to see us in... Uh, the store maybe buying food. They're going to see us driving by. We're going to wave to them. They're going to see us at community events. And the supervisor said, yes, chief. But what I really mean is how many times is an average citizen going to call 911 and have you respond? And I said, well, that's, that's not going to happen very often in most citizens' lives, maybe once or twice in their entire life. And she said, yes. So the interactions you have with the public, you need to maximize them. You need to make sure that you're leaving the best impression possible with your citizens. And I agree. That's why we're here and we're talking about being involved in the community. And matter of fact, that's what County Fire has always done since the day we started, is that we made sure that we had great interactions with those that we served and we provided them the best customer service they possibly could get. So in their time in need, they knew that the fire department was there for them and that we were supporting them. To extend that conversation out, it's not just the firefighters are interacting with the citizens when they call 911. We know that fire prevention, our, our COOPA, our inspectors are out there every single day meeting with the business owners. Those business owners' interactions are just as important that we're leaving great impressions. We have to do our job. 
And sometimes uh, doing our job can be painful for some of these business owners. Sometimes it may result in them having to put a sprinkler system in when they don't want to. But us being empathetic and understanding what their needs are, working within the code in the gray area, supporting them to figure out unique solutions to their problems, that goes a long way in the business community, which has always supported County Fire again. So I want to thank you for all your interactions. Specifically, Wrightwood, that was a great meeting to watch. But everything that you do every day is making a difference in FP5. We believe that the way Red Brennan gathered the signatures was not legal. We're going to challenge that. The judge may decide differently. What truly is going to decide FP5 is the interactions that every single one of us have on a daily basis with the public that we serve. And I want to thank you for that. Do we have any questions? We do, Chief. So with all the resources County Fire is putting into finance, are there any plans to increase the support in the payroll section to de decrease the lag time and adjustments, step increases, and et cetera? Absolutely. So I mentioned Division Chief Webb has been personally over there. We've realigned payroll so it's underneath uh, Division Chief Webb. And he's working actively with Alicia and her team. Now, she does need to be resourced better. We just recently added a payroll officer. We got that position filled. Uh, we've had uh, PSEs that have been working with her. The team is fully filled at this time. In addition, we've done a reorganization between HR and payroll to reallocate some additional resources to payroll. Finally, in this upcoming budget year, we've submitted for an additional payroll officer. We want to make sure that we're providing you the best customer service that we can, that we're supporting Alicia and her team, uh, who's, I, I, can't, I don't know if anybody in this organization works as hard as they do on a daily basis. They are really working hard for you. It's important that we support them, which in turn allows us to support you better. You should never, ever have to worry about your paycheck or whether you're getting paid uh, or if you're going to get your step increase in time. And that is Chief Webb's job, to make sure that's all streamlined. And it's my job to make sure that we're supporting Alicia's team and you. Thank you, Chief. Next question, is there a plan to promote the remaining captains with the next engineer promotion? If so, how many are you going to pr promote? They want the whole list promoted. <laughs> I want the whole list promoted, too. But we're going to phase the approach. We can't create too many vacancies in the engineer's rank. Uh, that's dependent on the firefighter's rank. We've been, I think, we're doing pretty good on the firefighter's rank and force hires in general. We watch that very carefully. We are going to promote additional captains. And the immediate number? We don't have that number yet. Okay. Chief Washington's telling me we don't have that number yet. We're still working with labor on, uh, with, on 935, what that looks like. Our intentions, my intention is to promote the entire list. Are we going to do that immediately? No, it's going to have to be phased in as we move forward. But there will be some announcements that are coming out soon. Final question. Will the next salute to service ceremony be now that we can all start gathering again? Thank you for asking. That's one of the tasks that Tracy Martinez has been given to immediately uh, bring back the ceremonies in County Fire. We want to recognize you on your promotions, your badge pinnings, your, your service pin awards. Uh, and Tracy, I'm going to ask you to come on. Did we decide on November for that date? We're going to push for the beginning of November so that we can get past fire season. So I, I got get past fire season. Um, so it'll be the beginning of November. 
beginning of November, which is right in the middle of fire season, but we're going to make sure that we do this. We're working in the planning phases. In addition, I want to uh, thank Captain Hausman, Commander Hausman, for stepping up to the Honor Guard. And one of the things that I've asked Commander Hausman to do is to look at the, the ceremonies that we do, specifically look at the awards, the pins that we give. When we're, when we're in our Class A uniforms, I noticed that the City of San Bernardino employees, uh, that used to be the City of San Bernardino employees, they have quite a few ribbons that they wear of recognition um, on their uniform. And that's important to us too. And we want to make sure that we're, we're recognizing the impacts that, uh, the great things that you do. Those times when you go above and beyond to serve our communities. And so Commander Hausman's going to be working with labor management, identifying maybe some more opportunities to increase the ribbons so that our badge pinning, our ceremony awards, our, our salute to services are more than just thank you for, uh, for stepping up to captain and, and here's your, your badge, even though you've probably been working there for uh, up to two years at this point. Uh, we do great things every single day. You do great things every single day. I don't know that we do. It's uh, sometimes our reward is watching what you do. And when you have a success, that makes us feel great. We want to make sure that we're recognizing you in that. No other questions, Chief. Great. I'm going to ask uh, Commander Murphy to come back up here then. He's going to uh, get a mic back on. Mark, uh, I'm getting uh, choked up because Mark's been here since pretty much the day I started. But I mentioned we've had a lot of retirees, and I wish that I can thank each and every one of them. And I know that getting back to retiree parties or, or something else we need to do this organization now that COVID's ended. But I did want to give you a plaque. And in no way, no how does this, um, is this commensurate to your 20 years of involvement on the Honor Guard, let alone being the Honor Guard commander for the last almost eight years. Um, it's written here that I'm going to present to Captain Mark Murphy an appreciation for your outstanding commitment and leadership for the past 20 years as a founding member and eight years as commander of the San Bernardino County Honor Guard. You have served with the highest honor. Your legacy will carry on best wishes in retirement. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank you all for joining us. Thank you again to Captain Hausman for stepping up for the Honor Guard. This program means a lot. Thank you to uh, Battalion Chief Mike McClintock that came and, and talked to us about First Do and the great leadership Jim Topoleski's doing over in our wildland camp making a difference to uh, Chief Webb and everything that he's doing with payroll. Alicia Berry and your team. I want to thank the Fire Marshal's office and our firefighters for the great work that you do every single day. Thank you all. This has been County Fire Insight for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022.